for the mom with her hands full and only a few minutes to spare here and there. Put your hand on your chest. Take a deep breath. You're doing better than you think you are. I want you to delight in these ordinary, often mundane days of motherhood, rooted in confidence about how you are raising and speaking to and nurturing your kids. Peace starts with you. So let's create peaceful safe havens for our kids to grow in. It's never too late. And the fact that you are here speaks volumes of the amazing mom that you are and desire to be. I'm recording this at 10 p.m. at night. Probably shouldn't make a habit out of this, but it's kind of peaceful. Like all my boys are asleep. The house is dark. I'm sitting in a dark room with a blanket and some tea. Like I could get used to this. So maybe I will have to do like late night recordings, but maybe not at 10 p.m. So anyways, this episode is going to be, I guess, hit really close to home. And I guess all my episodes kind of are, I'm just speaking to myself or speaking to things that I've been going through or have gone through. And my boys have been fighting way more than usual lately. Like I actually, I posted a photo of my two youngest hugging a few weeks ago And I'm tempted to take it down because it's so not an accurate picture of what is really going on in our house this past month, probably, maybe longer, I have no idea. It was authentic and real when I posted it, but it's quite the opposite now. Oh, but I guess that's, is that motherhood summed up? Like that is motherhood. Like just when we think we have it figured out, it's like something happens and it throws a wrench in everything that's going good. So my word that I always come back to is surrender. When I can just surrender my expectations, when I can surrender my to-do list, when I can just surrender, I can show up with open arms to whatever I'm facing in the moment with a sense of peace and calmness. And so in this last month, something I've reminded myself of often is, I basically say Brooklyn, siblings fight. Siblings have fought since the beginning of time. And Just know that your son or daughter, if they're younger, and if you have older ones, you know this, like they're going to throw a toy. They're going to hit someone. They probably are going to play or throw their food. They're going to do something you ask them not to. They're going to say no. Like it's just going to happen. It's just part of childhood development. If our goal is to make our kids feel guilty, we end up focusing so much on their inadequacy. And this causes them to feel bad about themselves or maybe they even get into this place where they start blaming other people in an attempt to defend themselves against feeling bad. Now imagine what if our goal is instead to inspire our kids to reflect on their actions and our intention is teaching and teaching our kids how to problem solve. You know limits are so important. We have to set them and we have to enforce them. But you can ask yourself, what is my intention? Some actions have consequences. That's life. It's an important lesson that our kids have to learn. But what's important is how those consequences are experienced by our kids. And asking, like, is there a way that empowers them to come up with a solution that comes from a genuine and authentic place rather than us just demanding or dishing out consequences just on a whim? Don't overthink it. I love this quote. If you know this by now, I love quotes. If I see something good, I write it down. I love this quote. Power is of two kinds. One is obtained by the fear of punishment and the other by acts of love. 
power based on love is a thousand times more effective and permanent than the one derived from fear of punishment. And another one, to govern himself, a child needs to know how he feels, not what his parents think he should feel. To teach, we should focus on what we want our child to reflect upon, what we want him to learn, and also take into account the aspects of our child that we want to highlight. We have to get inside the heart and mind of our kids and figure out what makes them tick and understand them in a new way and why they do what they do. And just know like what motivates us as adults is not going to motivate our kids. Like good behavior, being a responsible citizen, maybe they're in school, getting good grades. Like our kids don't care about those things right now. So I'm going to share this little scenario so I can share maybe one way that might be a different perspective on how to approach something like this. And this happened quite a while ago. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I just know it was between my oldest, Dax, who's almost six, and my middle, Jet, who is four. And I think that they just were yelling and Dax said something mean to Jet. And you know, our, our natural reaction is to run in there like, you need to apologize right now. That's uncalled for. I can't believe you would do that. Maybe we threaten to take away toys or send them to their room if they don't. And Dax is a strong-willed, kid and he has this natural instinct to push back instead of reacting I didn't get upset because going back siblings fight it's literally been going on since the beginning of time I said hey Dax when you are ready and obviously I made sure Jet was okay first I said hey Dax when you are ready I know that you know exactly what to do and then I walked away and I gave him space to do it And a week leading up to this, I found myself lecturing him and lecturing him and lecturing him and him just staring at me. He already knew everything I was saying, but for some reason, I just felt like I needed to reinforce it. But instead, this time around, I said, hey, Dax, when you're ready, I know that you know what you need to do. And in an emotional power struggle situation, it basically releases them to do things on their own terms, in their own time, giving them ownership and control. And you do that within your own boundaries, but it instills this sense of confidence. In a power struggle, when your kids are upset, the phrase, when you are ready, can be like magic. Instead of right now, you got to do this right now, it causes them to freeze or resist. You have to realize that you have the power to resist power struggles. You know, when your son or daughter does something wrong and you feel like you have to discipline right then, right there, as soon as possible, like, why is that? And I think why we do that is because we feel like our kids' behavior is a reflection of our parenting abilities, but also like we lay in bed at night and if our kid doesn't apologize or they hit someone or they, you know, do something that's just, you know, what we would consider bad, we literally, our minds start spinning and we're like, they're going to turn into a psychopath. Like, who's going to marry them? Are they going to have friends? Like, are they going to be able to get a job? Like, what's going to happen to them if I don't correct this right now? And we create all this anxiety and it makes everything worse and it puts this pressure on our kids and we end up lecturing them too much. And then our kids slowly shut down and it slowly ruins our relationship with them. Discipline is necessary, but give them space to calm down. Give them space to wrestle with it. It doesn't have to happen right now. They already know what they need to do. They already know they did something wrong. They know they need to apologize. 
They don't need a long lecture. And they're learning this not by what we're telling them, but they're learning this by what we're modeling. Like they're going to repeat what we do and how we treat people and how we act. I'll go back to this phrase, more is caught than taught. So impart confidence that your kids are smart and that they know what to do. Give them the ability to own their mood, own their behavior, and then to wrestle with things. And I can almost guarantee you that they are not going to do it in your timing the way you want them to. They're not going to apologize for a while and you are going to lay in bed freaked out that you're raising a psychopath. But the next day, so going back to Dax and Jet, I think it ended up being that same day, but it was maybe an hour later, two hours later, and they were sitting on the counter playing Legos and he made something for Jet and he just said, hey Jet, I made this for you. And then he actually did say the words, I'm sorry, but oftentimes they may not even say the words, I'm sorry, but they're doing it in their own terms, in their own time, and they're making up for what happened. And I just think that's the coolest thing. It's genuine, it's authentic. We are after a changed heart. They don't want to say the words, I'm sorry, or I, whatever we want them to say because our kids don't want to do things the way other people do them. They want to do it because they know it's right and they are ready to do it. We get all freaked out that they want to do things on their own terms. Well, so do you and so do I. And you can't put that on a strong-willed kid. Like, are we trying to make them more like people pleasers? Do we want them to do things just so that we're happy and not out of a good heart, making them more compliant, kids who don't take any risk or, you know, eventually adults who don't take risk. I can guarantee you there are people out there who seem like good people. They cover it up because they know how to behave when in reality they have nasty hearts. With our kids, we are after heart change. So be okay with your kids doing things differently than you want them to do it, especially if you have strong-willed kids. Like they do have big hearts, but if we're standing over them with all these expectations, I guess just go back to, it's a good thing. Like it's a good thing. Give them space and challenge your own expectations. Okay, so let's give a couple different scenarios. So let's talk about Kai. He's two and a half. He is a stinker. And we have this rule in our house where you can't throw. If it's a ball, you can throw it. If you're throwing it at someone, you have to say, hey, can I throw this at you? Like, are you ready to play catch? But let's just say that he threw a toy. I'm going to pick up that toy and I'm going to say, hey, you threw this really far. Okay, we're, we can't throw toys, okay? And then you're going to hand it back to them and say, hey, if you throw this again, I'm going to have to put the toy up. If he plays and doesn't throw it again, then awesome. If he does, you're going to take the toy and put it up and say, hey, we're going to try again later. And you're not doing that out of, out of like punishment. You're just enforcing your limit and you didn't take, your, take it out of anger. You kept your tone calm. You didn't shame him. You didn't say he's naughty. You said like, okay, let's go grab a ball. Let's go find a ball and play catch. So you engaged him in something else. Your intention wasn't to make him feel guilty, but instead to teach him like, okay, we can't throw toys. And if he gets mad, you can like hug him and empathize with him. Hey, I see you're upset about the toy, but we'll try again later. And you can redirect to maybe coloring or playing with a ball or playing catch. Another situation, so Kai hit or scratched or kicked Jet. <laughs> Let's just use that as an example. Obviously, he knows it's wrong. When he does this, he puts his hands on his cheek or over his mouth or will cover his eyes. Like he knows that it's not right. 
And oftentimes I see that he does it because he just doesn't know how to, he's frustrated and he doesn't know how to channel that. And so obviously I'm going to check on Jet first and make sure he's okay. And then I'm going to talk to Kai and look him in the eye. Hey, you just hit Jet and that hurt. We don't hit. What happened? And I'm going to give him a chance to explain. And if he does, awesome. If he doesn't, I'm going to empathize with him and hold him. Once he's calm, like that's when it's like, okay, let's problem solve. And if he told you what happened, then you've got a great starting point. But you can also give him ideas like, hey, how can we make Jet feel better? Or what can we do next time so that you don't hit him? I'm holding him on my lap. I'm holding him close. It's actually quite the opposite of time out. It's like time in. And I'm showing him, okay, this behavior is not allowed, but I'm also helping him come up with the tools to handle it better next time. And I'm not turning him away. I'm not shaming him. My intention is not to make him feel guilty or bad, but to teach him. And I can promise you I have not been perfect at this, but this is what I come back to is teaching, connecting, problem solving, bringing him into the conversation and seeing if he has ideas on how we can handle it next time. And the funniest thing happened actually today. So I was in my office and I heard Jet and Kai literally get into a hitting war. That's what I'll call it, a hitting war. I was like, I I heard slaps like so hard and I heard it come from both of them. I don't know who started it. And I literally stayed in my office, but I hid behind the door. I was like, I am not going out there. I've literally tried to, you know, help Kai and he just is not getting it. And then they're obviously both upset, both looking for me. I think Jet said like, I think mom's hiding or playing hide and go seek or something because we'll play hide and go seek. Um, I don't always hide from them when they do stuff like this, but this was like the perfect time where I just needed a second. And as they were looking for me, Jet goes, Kai, I'm really sorry. And Kai looks at Jet and goes, I'm really sorry. And they're hugging each other and like helping each other find me. And then I do my little like, like what we do when we play hide and go seek, like, and they're like, oh, she is playing hide and go seek. And so when I brought them in, I had them sit down and we, I'm, they held hands and I held both of their hands. And I just said, hey guys, what happened? And we just kind of talked it out and it turned into giggles. And then Kai licked Jed's hand and it was just, I don't know. It just, it's going to take time. They're not going to get it right off the bat. And I think it really comes down to patience and consistency in holding our, our limits and our boundaries and sticking to them and not saying that I should have hid but giving them space to work things out on their own you know the intention of punishment is to make a child feel bad or remorseful for what he did and it's usually not connected at all to the behavior and it doesn't teach it causes disconnection and doesn't teach corrective behavior yelling, timeouts, sending them to their room, spanking, it will always leave your child feeling bad about themselves. And I'm not sitting here on a high horse telling you that I don't do these things. I'm honestly the worst at yelling. We don't do timeouts. We don't send them to the room. We don't spank. And I'm not saying we always haven't done those things, but right now where we are at as, you know, parents, um, we just don't, we aren't doing those things. But yelling sometimes gets the best of me and I lose my patience. So I'm not sitting here saying I've got it all figured out, but if you can put your yourself as your kid, like how, if you were them, how would you feel if your 
mom or your dad was yelling at you? How would you feel if they sent you to timeout alone in your room? Just how would you feel in all these different scenarios? We feel that they need to act a certain way. And when they don't, we're triggered, we're set off, we react. We think it's a reflection of our parenting when in reality, it's the perfect opportunity to guide and to teach, to help, to connect, which isn't that our job as parents? Connection, love, guidance, teaching, support, care. And there is always a place to ask for forgiveness and to own up to our mistakes, model how you want your kids to act. Enforcing limits should be done kindly with empathy, calmness, always while enforcing your limit. State your limit, keep your tone the same, your attitude kind, and stick to it. When you have the tools to handle things like this and when you get better at practicing them, you have the sense of peace in how you approach parenting and your connection with your kids. Like I'm telling you guys, peace starts with you.